0: Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. Here with my favorite tri-host, favorite nemesis, and our longtime guest. It is the one and only, Seth away Seth, glad to have you back on the pod.
1: Always a pleasure to be back. Best of frenemies. Um I I look forward to this all year, and here we are.
0: Yeah, well we'll get into draft analysis soon um but it did infuriate me that i liked your team coming out of the draft so the the rivalry remains strong and i already feel like i'm gonna be upset with your team's standings throughout the year but this this feels like home feels feels good to connect we've got our second pod we're recording already which is Halfway to our total output from last season, so starting off season five strong. Um, but how how are you feeling? What's going on?
1: League culture is strong, and thanks. I also feel good about my team, which we'll see how that holds up over the weekend. Uh, before we get to that, it's been a year, certainly, and it's been a hell of a one. Uh, brief catch up for all our loyal listeners. I think last time we recorded was last October, and I was about to spend six weeks um, in Charlottesville from whence I came, from whence I think all of us came originally, uh, for a trial in federal court that is now blessedly concluded. Uh, Proud of the work done there, but it definitely exacted a toll. And yeah, I've felt a bit like a job since then, because... After that, and since that, already that year was pretty rough. And I don't say any of this in like a self pitying way, it just was one thing after another. Shortly into the new year, I wish I was exaggerating, but I almost died. I spent 11 days in the hospital on nothing but ice chips. Uh, And then I was robbed. And I am currently unemployed because I was the interim pastor. So I put myself out of a job intentionally, but that ended a little sooner than I thought this interim pastoring thing. And so I've been cobbling together some side gigs all summer and had a little bit tiny parachute, but I'm actively in a lot of job hunting processes um, that winning the league is not, you know, going to be the ultimate parachute uh, for me. I need, I need a full-time salary
0: uh, because we did not go to a hundred dollar buy-in. Um, I know Matt tried to help you out and, and <laughs> the, uh, the winnings this year, but yeah. you're saying we were not playing enough for you to support yourself full time. Yeah.
1: The ironic thing is I probably couldn't have put in a hundred to win all the money I need from everybody, but it is what it is. Um, I will say I'm, um, doing a lot better in all mind body spirit um the hospital thing since saying i almost died probably does spark a little bit of interest yeah uh, no, i had I have
0: what's that i have some questions so if you want to talk so, more about uh, the battle yeah that.
1: physically what happened is turns out i had a bunch of gallstones um in my gallbladder which is where bile is stored and collected for healthy digestion uh, which i was not having for a while and i had been trying to figure out what was kind of going on with this like really antagonizing burning thing that would happen a bit but it was just kind of whack-a-mole and it wasn't too urgent because it would go away but uh a gallstone uh actually got you know passing them is painful enough that's probably what was happening at different times but then there was a blockage and what happens is that sparked acute pancreatitis and pancreatitis is brutally painful um i mean it's one of those things like if you google like oh that's one of the like the most painful things that can happen to you and mine was dangerously acute um and all these numbers medical numbers chemical numbers for the pancreas and liver that you can track when you get a blood draw when you go into the ER, as I did, like, unable to stand up, uh, were like, as high as the doctors in my family, like who I talked to, like as high as they'd ever seen them. um, Like the color of my skin was bordering on chartreuse. Like it was it was yellowish greenish. I mean, not as neon as like, the chartreuse you might find on Uh, Seattle Seahawks jersey but it was bad and part of the reason it was so bad is because I think due to a lot of the trauma and hardships of the past five years I had been over-relying on unhealthy co-occurring things to kind of quote-unquote even out in my mind too much bourbon too much tobacco and so uh, it was a good wake-up call um, on that front. And I got some good trauma informed help and therapy to kind of shift things. So going on lots of walks, no booze, uh, no tobacco, um, and no gallbladder, uh, which, you know, so yeah, knock on wood, I've got many more years ahead of me. And in a sense, it was a good wake up call because rather than kind of maybe a slow burn thing that would have killed me slowly, but much sooner than a full life, it was like, Holy shit, you gotta stop. And so you can live a healthy, normal, digesting life without a gallbladder. It just means that the bile that's um created by the liver that's usually stored in the gallbladder just drips continuously right into the small intestine, into the opening, the duodenum. Um that's right there. And uh, so that's what's happening with my bile now. It's going into the duodenum. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's the catch up from me. I, this is my social media, the dad bods league. I'm blessedly just kind of breathing easier, walking easier, not on the Twitters, um, cooking and baking a lot, enjoying time with my kid and gosh, uh, what else to say? Reading good books and and then just trying to build up my capacity to do more work. Again, I'd like to find something that could keep me remote, uh, or remote work that could keep me in Tucson uh, to be close to my kids. So stay tuned for future episodes, but
0: yes, I'm unemployed with plenty of time to record right now. That's right. We're, we're gonna be bringing weekly pods. Uh, Seth, Seth has some time, but it's it's always good to, to catch up on the pod. Um, you know find out who who's been close to death uh <laughs> you know you don't you don't always catch these things in in the moment um but yeah i mean thanks thanks so much for sharing that um you know glad glad you're doing well as as much as you are a nemesis of mine um you know ultimately want want the good things for your life and uh glad Glad that you're, you're making a full, full recovery here. Thanks. I, uh, yeah, for all the loyal listeners,
1: the kids at home, take care of your pancreas. I think I was proud of all I was doing and accomplishing, but I'm not someone who's necessarily good at taking care of myself. And I mean that like not in a humble brag kind of way. Like I'm self-care is important kids and, uh, there can be an unhealthy kind of pride and, grind until you drop and um uh yeah i am an enneagram three for all our loyal listeners who are into that sort of thing and so learning a bit more about some of the shadow aspects that just kept me going i think i used to be proud of how hard i could go uh for good reasons but then there's also darker reasons underneath that and so trying to find balance all right Thank you. Uh, this is this is fun.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. So, just a segue into the fantasy football section. We just had the decadence of our annual draft, um, and man, that was that was so much fun. Uh, it was neat. second year on auction chess instead of checkers, and it was. I mean, they're they're just marathons. They are. You you got to be on the entire time, and you know there, there's going to be points in the draft where you're kind of kicking yourself of like, oh, I spent too much money there, or the opposite of I can't believe this guy went for as little as he did, and why why was I not in on that? Um, I know I had I had a few moments there, but everybody got a team. You know, the foundation has been built. And you know these guys are going to toss the pigskin around, and we're going to see what happens. The points are going to fall where they do, and we're going to be able to make moves throughout the year. There's going to be trades. Spoiler alert: There's been one already, and been nobody's been Matt McNichol was involved. <laughs> um, we're going to be we're going to be grinding the waiver wire. You're going to be turning the bottom of the roster, and Perfect. this is this is just the beginning. But everybody. Week one starts on Thursday, and we've got this team that is, you know, the foundation of whether you make make or break your season. So let's just go through roster by roster. And I think about this in two ways. With with auction, you're in on everybody, but especially in a ten team league, there's there's a couple of things that I think are, are really important in the way that you're constructing your team. And one is you kind of want to be paying attention to where people would go in a snake draft and you know you're going to want around one guy you're going to want a round two guy you're going to want around round three guy and you don't want to fall too far behind especially with those elite level players so I want to make sure that you know I'm kind of in round with like getting players that are good you want the good players on your team uh and you don't just want a bunch of mid-tier players so that's one and then the second thing that I think is kind of important especially in a smaller league of 10 teams Mm. is I wanted a player at each position um, being quarterback running back wide receiver tight end I wanted at least one guy at each of those that has a case to be the number one finisher at his position Uh, just because Like I said, 10 teams, everybody's going to have some version of an all-star team. There's really no bad teams. We're going to talk about this in comparison to each other, but like nobody has a bad team. Any of these teams can go out and win in a week, just given the volatility of, you know, where crazy, crazy thing happened in football. Tim Tebow beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Completing like six passes. Like that happened on an NFL football field. So any, anything, can, it. Yeah. Yeah, anything can happen, but, um, you know, I wanted at least one player at each of those positions that could theoretically be the number one overall finisher to kind of like give my team that balance. So I think um, those are kind of the two, two things that I think about as I go through and evaluate these teams, give my subjective Values that you know we'll we'll look back at the end of the season and we'll be complete idiots because we always are and get everything wrong here. Um, but the people are here for the hot takes, so we got to give them some. But that's right. What what team do you want to start with? Where? Yeah. Well, where if should... I
1: I'll just reflect back. I learned a lot from year one to year two about auction drafting. I think, in a weird way, we we took longer because overall we held on to our dollars more. And you're right. There's no excuse for not at least having a strong starting lineup. I think if we're going to trash anybody, it's going to have to do with benches and the way maybe some dollars led to missing out or getting all mid-tier. But even an all mid-tier starting team could, I think, be number one finishers. Um, You're right, though. It was tiring. I was so amped and keyed in. And uh, I I think as you do all this studying, this homework, then it's like two hours of just like Taking an exam, so at the begin, I I was on the whole time, and then I logged off, and I my brain felt like I had just taken like the SAT or whatever. Like, wow, I really, you know, you're just focused in, you're dialed in. Let's start, I guess, with ours.
0: Um, coin flip, you or me? Let's Let's start with you. I I feel like I just talked for five minutes, so so I'll I'll say. In regards to mine, I
1: did, like I think some others did, like a mock a day for like the week and a half prior. And different ADPs moved around. And then, and so what I zeroed in on was, like you said, the elite ones. I think I wanted, I had three, and I'll name who they were three, no matter what players I zeroed in on through a mix of, I think, bias, reading articles. And just realizing you need three hero ballers, uh, as the analysts say. And so my three, no matter what, meaning like I was going to pay what I needed to, but thought I like whatever, were Saquon, DeAndre Swift, and Michael Pittman uh, Jr. Because I was just like, I need to know who I'm going in on. I don't want the draft to get away from me like by like, oh, it's 72. Like thinking about it, like you said, like a snake draft, you don't want, I want to come out with like three where no matter who else I get at the other positions, I definitely was hungry for what, who I think were mid tier and now are starters on people like the Cortland Sutton's, the Gabriel Davises, or Gabe Davis, who knows? Um, I think Gabriel's more mellifluous off the tongue. Um, but apparently he's Gabe Davis now. Um, and realized I could have a stronger bench if I left some of those guys go. And it was clear that because all of us take this pretty seriously, those guys were not going to like sneak by at like $12 or something. So I had given for my fourth kind of stud a price range, but a range of options. It was going to be AJ Brown, DJ Moore, and then maybe Sutton, uh, or I, I forget who else. Oh, AJ Dillon, Travis Etienne. But like, it was like too greedy. I would have had like uh Sean's bench. Um, like, you know, just dollar, dollar grabs at the end. If I had done that. And at the end I got two WR ones, AJ Brown, who went for less than 30. Uh, Michael Pittman, who went for a little less than 30. And then Saquon and Deandre who went as expected around 50, 45. So I've got two RB ones, two WR ones. You can't miss with quarterbacks though. I, I think you and I, this might be a segue to your team after I hear your thoughts on it. Probably read a lot of the same articles because we were, I think, more than nemeses, like bidding on. I went in knowing who I wanted. I was willing to let some guys go and get other guys, but I wasn't going to bid on people I didn't want. And you and I found ourselves going, and like, so Jalen Hurts, it would have been like a nice stack with A.J. Brown, but I think he got too pricey for me. I was a little surprised to get Dalton Schultz. Um, my backup tight end was where I was willing to like, if I had to slide down to David Nyoku Yoku or Cole commit, um, potential breakouts, but like way down the ECR, right. I would have done that. Um, and so rather than get AJ Dillon or Etienne, I think my flex right now is Damian Pierce, who is my biggest risk because he's a rookie. I'm not usually someone who kind of goes all in, but I couldn't go for the deal. And so that's that was some of my thinking. Um and my bench is strong. Like I let those mid tier guys go, but like wide receivers so strong that like Aik, uh Kirk, Lazard, I would easily slide them in as a sub each week. Like I know who my starters are. I mean, obviously we're playing in any given Sunday game and injuries could bite anybody, but I think I think my starters are as strong as anybody else's um, though. It wasn't reflected in the fears rankings. Um, But that was my approach this year. I was like, here's my, no matter what it was a mix of bias. Like I'm a giants fan, but like, I don't know. I, I, what, what is the word confirmation bias that happens to all of us? I'm like, I kind of was like, I had the Hard Knocks boost on DeAndre. I had the Giants boost on Saquon. I read articles that say they could be RBs one and two over the whole season. And I don't have to pay 70 bucks for them. Uh, Therefore, that's who I want. They both wear blue jerseys. I like blue. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The role of cognition in our drafts, especially when it comes to these things like confirmation bias and talking ourselves into the bull cases on players uh, gets me every time but I mean you're you're absolutely right we were I feel like we were bidding on the same players so many times and Saquon and DeAndre Swift were both guys where I was very interested in them and and willing to go pretty high and you just you just kept going to eventually the point where I'm like I'm kind of scared to get this player at this price and let you have them and then Jalen Hurts was kind of like the last running quarterback. I just, you know, I, I wanted one of these like top six quarterbacks that have have pretty good passing ability, but also just a really high rushing volume. And was at, at a point in the draft where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let Seth outbid me again. So like if I need to go to 25 bucks or something absurd... For Jalen Hurts, I was just like at that point where I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I need to get this guy, and, you know, I was willing to step away at other positions earlier in the draft. Um, which at, at the running back position, a little. Kind of wish I'd, I'd, stayed in on a few other guys, probably not at the, the price point for Saquon and, and Swift, but, yeah, had, yeah. had to beat you head up at least once on one guy and and Hertz was, was that one where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not losing this one again.
1: You had to remix your confirmation bias a little bit, or uh, what do you call that?
0: Yeah. The, the remix to cognition. That's right. Um, (laughs) Is that a good segue to your team or do you want to say awesome
1: things about my team?
0: Yeah, well, we'll say one more awesome thing. So I kind of prefaced how I was thinking about these teams You know, some of the things that, as I'm evaluating, I'm looking at. And what I did for each team was just kind of looked at ESPN, dropped their week one rankings, and, you know, just took a look at everybody's starting lineup and how do they have these guys ranked. So your team right now, Russell Wilson at the QB spot, ranked number seven QB week one. Um, You know, and in... Denver. excuse no, not to have a
1: top 10 QB in our league, basically.
0: Exactly. Yep. So that's, I mean, Russ, Russ is pretty solid. He's He hasn't rushed as much recently, but new offense in Denver. He's got some weapons, good offensive line. Could, could see him being a little undervalued at this point in time. So, you know, number seven, not bad there. Pittman and A.J. Brown uh, ranked number nine and number 13 going into week one. So, you know, those borderline top 10 wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I think there's concerns about volume for both of those guys. You know, they're not going to be 175 target receivers, most likely, especially with the running balance in Philadelphia. Um, but I mean, both of those guys are like pretty solid. They're going to be hovering around that top 10.
1: They were like the top to get my top four. I couldn't go for like the top top range. Like they're the alphas on their team, but you're right. It's potentially could be spread around, but yeah. But you're you're spending like half of
0: what you'd be spending on a Cooper Cup, a Justin Jefferson. So like the the balance there of like, could you get close to to that top five position without spending the the premium dollars? You're you're right there. And then Barkley and Swift are ranked number twelve and number ten. Uh, but I mean, both of those guys in their range of outcomes, like I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those was the number one running back overall at the end of the year. Um, That's right. They
1: both know, had so, top five upside, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, those were those were my positions.
0: They're they're the bell cows. They're gonna catch a ton of passes. Um, so I, I think like top ten is where they should be ranked right now. But if things break their way, there's there's huge upside there. Uh Schultz, number five tight end. Uh same thing in Dallas. For some reason, they got rid of Amari Cooper and brought nobody in to replace him. So CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz are gonna catch a ton of passes this year. Um right. he, he doesn't have the same athleticism or profile as like a Kelsey and Andrews, a Pitts, but He's just going to catch so many passes that he's right. he's a solid tight end five there.
1: And I just don't think they're going to wear down Zeke uh, like before. I mean, Pollard, they say, is going to catch a lot too. But, um, yeah, I've struggled at tight end the past few years. So I'm kind of excited about that.
0: them. Yeah, if, your, if your boys do me
1: right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the offensive line keeps Dak up long enough to, to get rid of the ball. And then Damian Pierce, you have in your flex right now, you've got a couple options there. Like you said, Ayuk, um, high on him. Christian Kirk, high on him. Uh, Alan Lazard, I'm not high on. But, I mean, there you can see the argument of, you know, if he does end up being the number one in the Naren Rodgers offense, like he could be a smash from where he's at. Um, although I'm personally no, – I don't know what to think of Green Bay this year.
1: I, yeah. I think we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, also, just because Roger is so weird, um, but
0: he—he's he, his own, um, you know. Probably he's, a, it,
1: he's, he's a singularity. And it's just black
0: hole. There's nothing like him. Spends too much time listening to Jordan Peterson, but he's—he's he's a free thinker, and <laughs> you know, he, does I, he really? It seems like he does. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I feel like him and JP were on. The uh, Joe Rogan podcast at the same time or something. Like oh, that. that's right. Yeah, Pat yeah. Nancy, one of one of those guys. That's gross. Um, but yeah, if if Lazard is the guy there, like number one wide receiver in a Aaron Rodgers offense is isn't a bad place to be. And then, but in your flex right now, Damian Pierce currently ranked RB thirty two. So that's that's kind of your your weak spot in the lineup right now. But um. You know, he's, he's ascending right now. The arrows is pointing up on him and, and you've got those other options. So
1: he's number one on the unofficial depth chart, but yeah, Houston Texans aren't expected to be good. So I, I'm kind of, I'll be honest, I'm just kind of doing the fantasy pros. Who would you start? And even though he's projected for less points, everyone would start him over the rest on my bench, but I don't know. That's helpful. I mean, that might be a good segue to yours because I'm looking at yours and uh, And you maybe don't have, like, the ones in the same place I do, but between Devontae Adams, Kyle Pitts, Austin Eckler, and Jalen Hurts, like, you spread out your kind of alpha team. I'm scared of your starters because those four guys, certainly the way people are talking about Pitts, who's just, like, what, the unicorn? Or um, your starters could go a long way. Uh, Your defense is lacking at the moment.
0: Yeah, I I need to find a defense. Um, but just a, you know, same exercise with my team. Hertz, QB4, week one. Eckler, RB3. Miles Sanders, RB23. Devontae Adams, wide receiver four. T Higgins, wide receiver 14. Hollywood Brown, wide receiver 16. Kyle Pitts, tight end three. So. Um, like I said, I wanted one of those guys at each of those positions that, like, theoretically, if things broke their way, could be uh, the the number one overall scorer at their position. I think all of these guys are, are pretty consensus, you know, three or four ranked right now. But, you know, injuries happen. They get more volume than expected. They could theoretically get to that upper echelon. And then... Uh, the, the wide receiver value I got in addition to Higgins and Hollywood Brown, who are kind of like right there at that top 15 mix. So like three guys in that top right. 15. I got Chris Godwin, um, as like my fourth or fifth wide receiver. I think by the time he gets healthy, like maybe he's a slow start for four or five weeks, but, you know, by the time he gets back to full health, could see him being, you know, like a second round type talent, uh, that can, okay can slide into my flex position. So was pumped to get him. Same thing with um, Michael Thomas. You know, he's a guy that if he is healthy and, and back to where he was, he could be undervalued right now, but he's ranked around 27 week one. And then a couple of young guys with, with upside and Elijah Moore, who flashed at certain points last year, and Drake London. So I've got seven wide receivers that I feel great about. Uh, amended my mistakes last year from zero RB and kind of got Eckler as the anchor RB Sanders cream hunt, Naheem Hines, James cook. Don't love my RB two options, but um, you know, those, those were the guys that I was rolling out as my RB one last year until you traded me Saquon. So feeling, feeling a lot better about it now. And then I joked about it in the group me, but went up to $2 to get Justin Tucker. And I feel like the the fractional points on field goals is actually going to add up throughout the course of the year. So to spend $2 on a kicker instead of one um, to get Justin Tucker, who advanced analysis is shown to be like the only kicker who has been able to replicate his performance year over year. Like everybody else is kind of a, a toss up. I was like, you know, I don't know exactly how the fractional scoring is gonna change what we see at the kicker position, but I was like this this could be a micro edge that not enough of the league is paying attention to with with the change in scoring. So, you know, small bet, but we'll see what happens. And week one, Justin Tucker, kicker one. Yeah. He's
1: the consensus number one. Yeah. The fractional is interesting because a 40 or 40 plus yarder is four points. So, I mean, you're getting like almost an extra point here and there. I mean, it's basically like adding a half PPR to folks, I guess, like just those things I'd have to look. I mean, I don't know how close some of our matchups have been, but you're right. It, it adds up over time. And I had that question about whether the chip, the chip shot, the chip, as I call it, um, adds up but it sounds like at a minimum field goals are three so like a 29 yard field goal isn't going to be 2.9 or something um yeah get yourself a stout defense and um you might have a chance of winning I don't know if that's a good segue to uh to Mr. McNichol who currently doesn't have defense or kicker stout or otherwise. Um, Oh, one last thing about your team though. I, yeah, I think I had a little inherent bias just because I see T Higgins and so on. And he's like the WR two on his team, but like, yeah, if he's WR 14 overall, that's up there with like my top guys. Um, Devante, I think is going to do quite all right with their his former college teammate. People seem to have, I think, buys against Derek car, but I think, I think he's all right. Uh, and I think he's going to air it out quite a lot, um, especially. With yeah, I do.
0: Season. I do think people, and like I'm a little guilty of this as well, but undervalue T. Higgins just because you know Jamar Chase is like a top three wide receiver that could be the top one. Um, right. That you know T. Higgins is consistently shown up in that top fifteen, but you you discount it a little bit just because. He's not putting up the Jamar Chase fifty two in week sixteen last year or whatever it was. Um so yeah, I I think I I benefited a little bit from that. Um uh, but yeah, I I feel good about him as my my wide receiver too.
1: All right, and sometimes hype can get a little crazy. I mean, in terms of the articles and podcasts I listen to, like but the way people talk about Kyle Pitts, if he stays healthy, especially with like a quarterback like Mariota or whoever that other guy is, I mean, and just He's gonna like have like he's gonna be challenging WR ones for like those kind of stats. He's like more than a tight end, so I'm I'm I'm
0: reasonably afraid to face you. He he's a guy I went in, all in on this year. Like my my biggest bets this season have probably been Kyle Pitts and Chris Godwin, and I just think that they're pretty undervalued. To what I think their ceiling is, especially around the playoff time, right? So. Godwin too
1: is the WR two on the Buccaneers. So as soon as he's healthy again, it's another air raid offense. But he's like T. Higgins, an incredible. He'd be a WR one on any other team that you know didn't have Mike Evans or Jamar Chase. So it's sort of like my gamble. I mean, it was kind of a homer pick, and I also thought I could put him on IR. But I technically get if I hold on to him, DeAndre Hopkins in Week Seven, which is still DeAndre Hawkins. Um, but for now, you get Hollywood Brown, who I think was college teammates with Kyler Murray as well. So there's a, already a baked in... Um, they were like, you know, baked in chemistry. They were snuggle buddies um, <laughs> and that sort of thing. That, so. Yeah, the,
0: the college shower narrative is, is what they call that. But um, yeah, Devontae Adams getting with Derek with Carr, Hollywood Brown on with uh, Kyler Murray, um, you know, definitely, definitely bought in on that with, with this team. And it, it's just kind of the way the draft fell. Um, and I think you talked about it, like, ideally you would have liked to have Hertz with AJ Brown, um, you know, would have loved to have gotten Kyler with Hollywood instead. And it, it just didn't work out that way, but
1: you know. I'm happy with Russell Wilson, <laughs> but I would, this is the segue, and also because we have to like run through these other teams. Um, I'm happy with Russell, but now that McNichol has Herbert, and now Kyler Murray, I wouldn't mind a little stack of Kyler. And again, because I'm out here in Arizona, it's kind of fun. I'm like, oh, something to root for Kyler and Nuck down the line. I think if something happened to Russell, or uh, I would trade. Matt's pretty hard on to get get AJ Brown off me. I I would consider a trade for Kyler that might involve AJ Brown. You heard it here first, Matt, if I needed to down the line, because now Matt has one of the top two ranked QBs thanks to our first trade of the season, which um, may or may not have caused a little group me kerfuffle, but
0: what do you want to say about Matt's team? There there were some emojis of, of middle fingers that made it into that kerfuffle, but um, I think I think that that was just you know week one jitters. The boys boys are getting excited and restless for the season, so I think it mostly calmed down. Um, but yeah, I believe Matt traded Dion Lewis for Justin. Smith. <laughs> that well, correct? that was the
1: take that that Matt had been, or that Travis had been had that Matt actually made out. The winner in here, but yeah, that, that Travis had taken on the D. M. Lewis of of this year's trade things. But someone posted, I don't know, the ECRs, the ADPs of them, and overall they're close. And there's a lot of, I think part of it is if you read all the fantasy pros like I do, there's a lot of confusion and consternation around the running backs and the Rams. There's some takes that are like Cam Akers is going to be used. He's another year off his Achilles or whatever. And McVeigh goes with this guy, and just because he's been praising Henderson, like so. And then there's some that are like, uh, it's a committee, and there's not enough uh, money to throw around to all the receivers in this like high-powered offense. But I'm of the take that this was this served both teams. We'll get to Travis's team. Um, in that, I mean, now Matt has like essentially probably two top five, top six QBs himself, and one less. Than the eight running backs he drafted, though now he's added another and still doesn't have a defense and kicker. I mean, I just happened to turn on ESPN uh, briefly today, and I immediately turned it off because Stephen A. Smith was talking. So I can't stand Stephen A. Smith is like the Jordan Peterson of TV sports analysts. Uh, but what was being debated was who's going to be the MVP and Stephen A was making the case that it's going to be far and away, Justin Herbert, that like the chargers are just going to go buck wild. And like, I think the other question mark was going to be Josh Allen. So I don't know, Matt, uh, held to his money almost the longest until the end. Um, his team is not bad. I am looking at it. I think he's got, you know, I, I think it's just more, it's a team that like, isn't as like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. You know, it, it doesn't have as much of that pizzazz that you're seeing in all the articles, but all these are yeah. solid picks. Like I would probably put in AJ Dillon for Josh Jacobs in his flex. There's a free tip for you this week, man. Um, I'm not too high on Josh Jacobs, but I can't hate on any of these people. He's got a stack with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Like what I mean is everyone was talking up Mike Williams. Everyone was talking up other uh, tight ends. People weren't sure what was going on with Waller, but like he's got a solid starting lineup, especially if I think he trades out Jacobs in the flex. And then he's got no one bad. I mean, gosh, he's got Eli Mitchell as well. Like, no one's bad. I think it was just, like these are all really solid picks. He's going to have to drop a couple. We're going to actually have an interesting waiver if he drops a couple for a defense and kicker.
0: Yeah, I, I talked with Matt for a decent amount of time after this draft, and I, I do think he held on to his funds a little bit too long. And like we talked about, just doesn't have as many of those top five guys that could finish top one at their position. I look at his team and it kind of reminds me of a flamingo on one, one foot in the front yard of uh, it's kind of interesting. It's intriguing. It's balanced for sure. But right. you know, when, when the weather gets cold, I don't think we're going to be seeing this team in the playoffs or anything like that. Just cause I, I don't think it has the same ceiling as some of the other ones. So. Like you talked about, he did make the trade, um, turned one of his eight running backs in Cam Akers into Herbert, which he also didn't need another top five quarterback. But can he now pair one of these top five quarterbacks with another one of his running backs and turn that into a wide receiver with a higher ceiling? Potentially. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like he's, he's got a ton of running backs, just needs a couple of them to hit and then, you know, Keenan Allen with the stack with Herbert. Um, you know, Javante Williams, I think, could have a really good season. And James Conner always feels like an injury waiting to happen. But, um, you know, he's he's going to get a ton of work in, in Arizona until the wheels fall off. So, just to quickly hit his ranks, you know, Kyler, QB5, or Herbert, QB6, Week 1. James Conner, RB11, Javante Williams, RB14. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 10. Terry McCorn, wide receiver 17. Josh Jacobs, RB21, Darren Waller, tight end four. So, you know, it's, like we said, 10-team league. Don't Nobody's bad. Um, you know, Matt's team could beat whoever week one. It's just I don't think he has the same ceiling as a lot of the other teams. And, you know, too many of those, like, best-case scenarios for those guys, maybe they crack top seven, top six. But I don't see a lot of guys on his team outside of the quarterbacks and the tight ends of like a guy that I really think could finish top five overall.
1: No, that's right, and I think that's a good way to put it. It's just like not too much to get excited about. It's a strong league, but nothing's going to technically hold him back. It's yeah. just,
0: and this is why we play the game. I mean, no, no holes on his team. Like, there's nobody. No. Over- oh, that's an egregious player to start. Like, he's we're, he's something across the board.
1: We're working with preseason prognostications. Um, and who knows? Justin Herbert could throw 30 touchdowns to Keenan Allen uh, every week, and it's just ridiculous. Like, they're each getting 50 points. We don't know. Like, that's where I we could, we could segue, because I know we're running low on time, to Steven, who just goes on like, all right, Who's the number one? Or Travis, who's the recipient of Cam Akers? What do you want to do?
0: Yeah, let's let's go to Steven, because I feel like we need to talk about our perennial league champion. On, th- this might end up being a, a, a two-part pod, uh, just looking at, at time here. So let, let's start with Steven. Um, Pat Mahomes, QB1. Juju Smith-Schuster, get the stack. Uh, wide receiver, 29. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once again, he could be underpriced. Uh, Mike Evans, wide receiver 11, Christian McCaffrey, running back number two week one. And when we do reach the singularity, I think the first thing our robot overlords are going to do is outlaw drafting Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football because he is just a cheat code if he stays healthy. Um, I think he's projected for over 20 points in Yahoo week one. Um, So the Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, Steven just, just taking two guys that have led him to multiple championships in the past and getting them on the same team. So that's scary. Nick. Has, Chuck, he, won
1: twice? Has he won twice? in I our b- league history? I believe
0: at least two times. There might be a third in there somewhere, but def- definitely at least two. We've, we've bought this man multiple Roombas. That's funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's another team where I think like just as who like read the stuff and has my own biases, I was like, I wasn't going to go for any of these guys. But like you said about McCaffrey and the cheat code, like, yeah, there's maybe that idea of injury prone is a made up thing. But like it it takes the luster and like Mahomes, like maybe real life, like, oh, the Chiefs are like, what's going on with them? But like, you can't go wrong. These are points producers. They're going to get the ball. They're going to score touchdowns. This is what they're going to do, and he just went for it. And he's got an extra space on his bench with one guy on IR that he can hit the waiver wire with if he's paying attention. Um, his bench is a little meh to me, but um, who knows? You know, I, I'm not a Brees Hall believer, but he could be quite good. But
0: uh, yeah, he's he's another guy where I I think he'll start slower, but you know, towards the end of the year fantasy playoffs, could he be the smash play for the Jets? Definitely. Outside of his flex,
1: I mean, like, Steven could easily put up 200 every week, unless, again, things kind of break bad, and there's just, or Tom Brady breaks down, which, you know, these are the things that are going to be really interesting to see this season. Like, um, or maybe, yeah, the Chiefs really struggle without Cheetah, um, but anyway, I don't have much else to say about this team like the app has done him well uh, if he if he pays attention I think he had like three roster moves all last year last <laughs> last year might have been the first year he did not make the playoffs or it was the year before but if he did it was just probably because of injury bugs because uh, Stephen Steven plays cool like he's not quite paying attention but he he he, he pays attention.
0: Oh, he does. It's not uh, dumb luck. It's not dumb luck. Not dumb luck. Uh great team name. But rounding out his roster, he's got Dal Scottard uh tight end eight week one. Antonio Gibson in the flex right now, running back eighteen. He's kind of like the word moist to me. You don't feel bad. <laughs> uh you know, I I don't know. There's just something that makes me cringe about Antonio Gibson this year. You're They're not the teams. only one.
1: It's it's like that it's like moist. It's like, eh, no one's high on him. The reason his ADP went up a little bit is because unfortunately Brian Robinson got shot, who Steven has on his, um, there's, I guess, hopes he'll be back sometime probably sooner than later in the season, but they're going to have to give it to someone. It's going to go to Antonio Gibson. I'm no commanders fan and never have been, never will be. But like, there's, there's solid value there. I think just everyone, hates Antonio Gibson. Do you hear what Bob? Bo Burnham had a bit in his inside outtakes where he's like, I'm so tired of everyone talking about moist being their least favorite word. Like you're not original. He's like, you know what my least favorite word is? Injustice. <laughs> so.
0: That's so tell was. me you watched like the entire hour and a half of his inside outtakes. outtakes? Uh, twice. Yeah. Two times. Wow. I, I thought the special was incredible. Really. really was. I haven't seen the outtakes yet but you've seen it twice. So you're saying yeah. you recommend uh, it. it's
1: worth, it's worthwhile. He, he cobbled it together like a thing and yeah, he taps into something that I think is really just special. Um, go watch inside by Bo, Bo Burnham if you haven't. All right. Who's up next. And then we may need to have hit pause some inter, intermission music. <laughs> and then the only editing Zach will have to do which we're always grateful for. We'll just be tacking on the last analysis.
0: Uh, who's up next? Let's, let's go to Eric's neat team. Uh, <laughs> my, my expectation for Eric coming in, just based off of league reputation and some trash talk beforehand, was that he he was going to tank this draft and was going to provide some extra value to scoop up. Um, but for the most part, I really liked his team. He's got Dak, QB 11, Jamar Chase, wide receiver 3, Amon Ra St. Brown, who probably got that. Hard knocks bump a little bit, um, wide receiver 21, Dalvin Cook, running back 6, Joe Mixon, running back 7. That is a strong nucleus of a team along with Jamar Chase. Like, draft good players, and, and you're probably going to like your team. So that was helpful. Dawson Knox, tight end 11, a mm-hmm. little bit lower than I would want in a 10-person league when it comes to tight ends. But great offense. They're going to pass a ton. He could score touchdowns. And, you know, when you got Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase, you can f- afford to lose out on a few points in the tight end spot. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, 19. Tyler Bass, uh, kicker, 11. San Francisco D. That's a stout defense. Number one defense. Ooh. So um, yeah, like I said, my my expectations were ground level. He was drafting with Steven, so I don't know what type of conversations and the tips there were. Um, but sitting sitting next to the league champ. Um, Probably probably didn't hurt his effort, but I I like this team. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, well, what was tricky about that is if Steven was really using an app, then it's not like he could both use an app. But yeah, he made out strong. Um, he outbid us, I think, on Tony Pollard, who really could be, even if Zeke stays healthy, a dynamic uh, weapon uh, and could easily be an RB1 um, you know, you mentioned, so it's worth pointing out that Eric works with what Yahoo auto-generates as a team, just these cutesy little names. So technically his team is Eric's expert team. You call it Eric's Neat Team, which uh for all our loyal listeners is something of an ongoing joke. Eric was only in the league the first year of the league with an auto-generated name. Eric's neat team has been a bit of a shibboleth in dad bods for years because you aren't wrong that first year i think he showed up he's like this is fun he drafted didn't really pay attention he's got a busy traveling schedule for work and everything and eric's neat team became again this like kind of shibboleth like perichoresis is for christians uh of just a shorthand for someone who's not paying attention. Like I think he got traded a kicker by Zach back in the day and like finished perhaps dead last. Um, like, you know, was starting people on buys like that kind of thing. So I think, you know, Travis set him down. Um, uh, and he knows, you know, we all take this seriously. I mean, he's a wonderful guy in general, but, I will say, just to throw in a little trash talk, he is Eric's neat team until proven otherwise, especially because Expert was just conferred. And aside from maybe one other player, I think I'm only the only guy you're still sporting the name I renamed you with. Um, so everyone's just kind of like carrying over. Oh, no, Steven, dumb luck. Uh, so me and Steven, no one's really put some fresh spin on their team names. Uh, It's still Eric's neat team. If he like lands in first place after six weeks, I think it would be an awesome troll to name himself Eric's neat team uh, again. Um, On that note, I mean, what you said about his team, there's nothing to hate. Uh, His bench is a little weaker than I would want, but it could really prove itself out, um, uh, especially with the Green Bay question. So... Uh, good to have you back
0: Eric uh, and you're neat excited excited to have him and Brian come on the, the pod uh, need to need to meet the the new team members um, but yeah so I think we can agree Eric's got a neat team let's go to the other new member of our league Brian now Brian is another. Person that, you know, I don't know how deeply he's been into fantasy football in years past, but I wasn't necessarily expecting the sharpest drafter in the room to come in. Kind of mentally placed him more on the novice side. And again, I just think he had a really solid draft. Uh, Starting off with Burrow at QB.
1: Well, hold on a second. You're the one who invited him in and you didn't know he, and you thought. He was maybe going to be like the new new pushover.
0: Well, I, I, I can rewind to that a little bit. Brian and I were in a small group for a number of years. We talked about the pod, obviously, just in the course of daily life. He had expressed interest a few times over the years of joining the league. He's a Cowboys fan. We'd watch some Cowboys games. Brilliant. So, I mean, he knows football, he, he watches, he's a fan. But he's not out here crushing 50, 60 best ball drafts like some, <laughs> like some of us in the league.
1: Who amongst us?
0: So great, great dude. Excited to have him in the league. Thought there might be a learning curve. Year one, year two, auction draft. Not exactly a newbie format. It's still a little niche, but I, I feel like he did a, a solid job here.
1: I do too. Did you want to do the rankings or
0: yeah, I'll run through those real quick. Burrow at QB, QB ten week one. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver two. honestly, like wouldn't be surprised if he's wide receiver one at the end of the year. Steph Diggs, wide receiver six that that's a really good one two punch at the wide receiver position there. He got Fournette for like twenty some dollars, maybe twenty five. I thought him and Nick Chubb were kind of the two two steals that had me kicking myself that I didn't didn't go a little bit harder for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ceh at RB two, kind of in the same boat as me with Miles Sanders. You know, it's not the strongest RB two in the world, but you know he's a starter on a good offense and. You can do a lot worse at your your RB2 slot. George Kittle, tight end six. Mike Williams, wide receiver 18. Matt Gay, kicker number three. Tampa Bay defense, not sure if he checked the schedule, but he's playing our Cowboys, so not sure why he did that. They're probably going to put up a negative, negative score week one. They're coming in at defense 19. Yikes.
1: It's always tough rooting against your team, too, in that regard. But um
0: overall pretty pretty solid and very envious of the wide receiver situation. Um great one two punch, Mike Williams number three in the flex. That that feels enviable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I didn't know Brian. Welcome to the league. Glad he's with us. He was judicious with his money as I recall, in a good way, not in like the McNichol way. Um, (laughs) Mike Williams I wanted and he had the funds to push harder I think he's got a strong wide receiver bench you know ones that could blow up like they're like WR threes fours Julio Gallup's got to come back but I mean you could tell me better but number two receiver and Boyd is on that offense there is a potential stack there if anything happens I think more than any other team I see him Brian's like what you sometimes see in bigger leagues, he's got a bench that could, it's good insurance. Like if something happens to Fournette, he's got Rashad White. Something happens to Cook. Madison, we all know, is an RB1. That's not just, you know, any handcuff. Um, I think he could probably stack someone else in his bench if he puts Gallup on IR. I'm helping everybody out tonight. I don't think his RB game is the strongest, but he obviously got two Dynamo wide receivers. People are pretty down on Ceh. I think just from the past few years, I'm down on Diggs, but that's just personal bias because I scooped him last year and I felt like he just consistently let let me down. I I don't think he got the touchdowns out of him that I wanted, but
0: yeah, I think he was part of our trade, right? He I thought might. I
1: gave you I gave you AJ Brown and Saquon. I think. And I held on to digs, and or you gave me digs.
0: Yeah, I gave you digs, DJ Moore, and something else. I gave I, I gave know. you a lot. It was it was a blockbuster.
1: Yeah, Kittle. Though, yeah, I think it's gotten lost in some of the hype around some other tight ends. But if he stays healthy, is just like the best at the position. So,
0: yeah, he's he's the best overall tight end in the league. Doesn't get quite the same passing volume as I think those those top three guys of Andrews, Kelsey, yeah. Pitts, um, but he he's got huge spike peaks for sure, and it's just a matter of like, is Trey Lance good or not? Because if he is, then you know Kittle's right up there in top four, top five tight ends.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a big question mark. But they're holding on to Jimmy G, and yeah, the Tampa Bay defense. I rem- I could be remembering this wrong, but I feel like they were preseason ranked like top five. But you're right, like their first four games are Dallas, New Orleans, Green Bay, and Kansas City. So if they get through that, and he can hold on to them, but you're right, they're they're not gonna maybe have the easiest time. Not too stout up front, um, or maybe they are. Maybe they're just that good. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, welcome to the league, Brian. Uh, you got to come on the pod to make it official.
0: That's the way it works. Uh, Michael Benz, last year's champion, still hasn't come on the pod. So do we recognize that championship? I don't know. <laughs>
1: it's kind of like the Reggie Bush uh, UC, USC uh, titles that had to be given back. If he doesn't come on by the end of the season, he has to give us all 30 bucks
0: yeah big big asterisk next to that championship. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Michael's team. Uh I think it's going to start off a little bit rough here, but Kirk Cousins QB17 week 1. But also yeah. just like 10 team league feel like he could have come out of the draft a little bit stronger at QB than Kirk Cousins. What do you think there?
1: I think so because I I don't have it in front of me, but I don't know that, but one or two guys really came up with two QBs. So the math doesn't quite add up except, I mean, I I did read this about Kirk Cousins. He's one of these QBs who's better in fantasy than he is in real life. And then the reason, the reason that was given had to do with the fact that they're always kind of flailing from behind. He's just got to chuck it to Jefferson feeling everything like, but that he's not the best. So, I did read that recently in some article about sleeper quarterbacks. Um, Yeah, I don't even know who's still on the wire uh, yet. I think we still got Stafford. People have been a little nervous about his elbow. I don't know. Ben's – who am I to to knock a defending champ? Um, He's got a good starting lineup. And, yeah, I – we're saying cousins is the weak point, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, at, at least week one, I think part of the thesis behind Captain Kirk coaching change, they, they got rid of Zimmer, who, yeah. you know, loved to run the ball. They've now got a McVeigh of offensive
1: coordinator, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they got somebody from that McVeigh Shanahan tree that could bring a lot of excitement to the offense more more of those passing looks, there's talks about, you know, getting Justin Jefferson, some of those easy layup targets. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they pass more. They still got Je- Jefferson Thielen, KJ Osborne is getting some hype this year. And Irv Smith, Dalvin cook out of the backfield. So they've, they've got weapons. If they do start to pass more, you know, maybe we could see some of those earlier Redskins type seasons uh, for for Kirk, but yeah, I, I think that's the weak point. And then going into his wide receivers, he's got Allen Robertson, Alan Robinson, and Gabe Davis, uh, ranked 33 and 30 week one, respectively. So these are guys that I'm pretty high on both of them individually. But kind of going back to Matt's team, I think that their ceiling, like best case scenarios is kind of like wide receiver 15. So right. I I probably would have tried to go for like one anchor wide receiver more in that elite tier and then get to these guys. Yeah. But they are, you know, I I think these guys are more in the fifteen to twenty range as far as wide receivers go. Um and these, have
1: blow up weeks here and there, but there W yeah. no R twos on each of their team. Like you
0: I mean Rams Rams and Bill's wide receiver twos, not not bad picks at all. No. And then um running backs, I think definitely the strength of his team. He's got Aaron Jones at 13, week one, Zeke 19, Travis Etienne 17. And, you know, I, I think those are all guys that, you know, you won't blink if any of them wind up top 10 and having three potential top 10 backs is not bad.
1: That's right. And even with some question marks about Zeke's durability, which again might be biased about last year, he's got Chase Edmonds in the wings, which, you know, he's had good buzz around him. I wanted him also as insurance. So I would say overall his running, Ben's running back game is tenuous, but in terms of starters, he's got a good four to rotate in and out for now
0: yeah some good depth at wide receiver too jerry judy there um so he's his bench i think is a little deeper than some of these other guys that we walked through and then he's got mark andrews tight end one in the first week um i think he's going to be a smash this year and coming off the bully tight end draft last year the elite tight end has served him well and i think he's in in good shape with andrews again and then he's got uh, Dan Carlson, kicker number six, but I've seen some articles ranking him as potential kicker one this year. So yeah, same. He obviously. took in took in the kicker strategy with those fractional points, and uh, Baltimore D another stout defense, but coming in at, at number six as well in week one. So.
1: That's right. I, interesting factoid I read is that in terms of preseason rankings on kickers, no one like in the past few years who's ranked in the top five, or maybe this was just last year finished in the top five. So Mm -hmm. there's something to be said to go for that, like little buzz, like, all right, you got the new Las Vegas, you know, arena and a team that's going to be scoring. So I'm like, who's this year's Nick Folk, for example, kind of thing. Yeah. Who was the number one last year? Uh, here we are talking about kickers. Oh, this is for the really loyal listeners. It's, it's a kicker pod.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing that we, you know, would have looked at too differently is Kirk Cousins there. But, you know, maybe this is just setting up a a trade with Matt McNichol for either Herbert or Kyler. And then Ooh. You know, all of a sudden this, this is a scary looking team.
1: Yeah, who would you give up for? Tyler off here. I don't know. Matt doesn't need running backs.
0: Um, But speaking of trades with Matt McNichol, let's go to Travis's team.
1: Let's do it. The
0: The former former commissioner.
1: Commissioner Emeritus. Guy who runs so much, according to Instagram, that He's probably going to put band aids over his nipples.
0: <laughs> the chafing. Yeah. Check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Trav, I like a lot of what Travis did here. He did kind of come out a little Jamie esque with an accidental zero RV build. I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> um, but, I mean, The rest of his team is just filthy. So Josh Allen, QB2. Is this the one he drafted by mistake? I think he got Herbert first. And then Matt did not have a quarterback at the time. And he kind of got involved with some price enforcing with Matt. And Mm -hmm. then ended up just like dropping out and letting him get Josh Allen. Is that
1: what happened? Because, yeah, Matt dropped out of a lot. And so Travis was just kind of getting Josh Allen to what his like projected should have, could have been. And then it was just them two by accident. And then it went to Trav for how much or something? It was Josh Allen was the second.
0: Yeah, I think it was like 23 or $24. Um, so, I mean, nothing insane. But,
1: but he got like the top two quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Already had Herbert on the roster at that point in time. But then he flips Herbert. Cam Akers, so shores up the uh, the running back position there a little bit.
1: A little bit, but yeah. yeah.
0: Jo- Josh Allen, arguably QB1. He's ranked QB2 in Week 1 by ESPN. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 1. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 7. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 12. So, I mean, that's, that's a really strong wide receiving core as well. And then Travis Kelsey, tight end 2 in Week 1, but I think kind of the consensus league long or season long tight end one. So that's
1: wide receiver one on that team. Yeah. Good Homer and namesake cheering for the
0: So quarterback tight end wide receiver. I don't, I don't know if anybody is really competing with Travis heads up there, but then, you know, like, like happened with me last year, the, the accidental zero RB build. Um, looking at Cam Akers and Damian Harris right now as running backs, but a little weak there. Did get the, the dark horse hype guy from preseason, Isaiah Pacheco. Maybe he yeah. takes over that, that job in Kansas City at some point this year. And, you know, then you're cooking with gas. So
1: Yeah, there's what, potential here. This isn't my favorite team. I'm gonna say that. I mean, maybe because it's the old truism, like never trust a New England running back, but I'm also the guy who bought into the hype on Ramondre Stevenson. So I'm kind of like mm-hmm. hoping he takes over. But we can't forget that Damian Harris scored like 15 touchdowns last year, I think for our defending champion. So yeah. And uh Cam Akers, I think, yeah, people probably have that Achilles bias, and I think we already discussed that. There could just be some unfair preseason buzz on lack of buzz on both these guys that turns around and I'll eat my, eat my foot, eat my shoe or whatever the phrase is. If this doesn't turn around, because on paper, he has some good starting running backs and wide receivers. They just weren't the ones I wanted, I guess.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's wheels up for Travis, but, would not be surprised to see him grinding the waiver wire and scouring the trade market to try to shore up that that running back position because that's that's kind of the boat I was in last year after an yeah. accidental zero RB build. So
1: Yeah. There's not too much on there, but injuries happen and he's got some droppable players probably and We'll see.
0: We'll see. Uh kind of similar strategy wise, moving to Sean's team. Sean came out pretty hot and heavy kind of like a chlorofluorocarbon making a beeline for the ozone <laughs> he just came out on a path to seek and destroy and flew past
1: the sun
0: I feel like he got five players and was out of money making $1 moves the rest of the draft but listen to the start Lamar Jackson QB3 CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver five, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver eight, Derrick Henry, running back four, Najee Harris, RB nine.
1: Oh, so, okay. So his top six or five. Or...
0: Yeah, that's that top five. Um, I think, aside from Lamar, I think all of these guys I've kind of bought into the bear case as as opposed to, like, the bull case for our, all of these players. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Sean has like easily the highest floor team of just like all of these guys are just going to touch the ball a ton and they're going to, they're going to put up numbers. I just, I don't know if any of them are going to hit the ceilings of their, their potential. Uh, it, it's definitely there. I feel like Derek Henry has been an outlier at the running back position for like six seasons in a row. So could it be seven? Totally. Um, you know, maybe Tyreek Hill continues putting up with Tua and the Dolphins, what he was doing with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's definitely possible. CD, I think, is going to eat in Dallas. Um, I just don't necessarily trust the offensive line or the coaching staff to, to get him the ball enough as he needs to. Um, so, so we'll see what happens there. And then, Naji Harris, his volume last year was insane. He was playing yeah. like five quarters of football for every four that everybody else was. Right. Um, just he's
1: even the backup to him, I don't, I don't even know. Well,
0: no, I don't, I don't know if I want to divulge that information because uh, he's he's on the waiver wire. But Jalen Warren is the the RB two, a rookie. He's been getting some some hype, uh, but pretty much just like a, a contingent play. He's not. He's not going to be out there unless Najee gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So um, if he does get hurt, you know, everybody go get Benny Snell and leave Jalen Warren for him.
1: <laughs> the, um, yeah, on paper right now, everything he said is true. High floor, tight end, and flex are probably weak points. But just because he had to sit and watch us draft – his bench, Sean's bench, is full of like kind of "quote unquote" deep sleepers, and so like even if just one of them hits, all of a sudden, meaning like like Sky Moore, Hayden Hurst has that possibility, Treylon Burks, and then I know Jamison Williams is just going to plug in immediately as Detroit's WR two. Like oh, there's good potential insurance on there. Never mind that like zero to one percent of people are starting them.
0: That's that's DJ. And, Shark eraser. Eraser. Right there. Don't don't sleep on DJ. Oh, I'm
1: just going, you're talking about Jameson Williams? I'm just going based on what I read that, um...
0: He could come back as wide receiver three. Yes. Oh, if shark blows up. We'll we'll see.
1: Alright. Uh But he might not come back till before November. Jahan Watt, uh, Dotson, I've heard good things and then no one knows what's going on as we've already discussed with the Green Bay, Green Bay wide receiver game, so...
0: Yeah, Sean, um, Sean has taken a similar approach with his bench in years past. Um, I believe two years ago, it was, you know, like every, every handcuff running back that you could imagine. And then right. last year, he pivoted a little bit to rookie wide receiver, and he did the same thing this year. And we've seen kind of that learning curve for rookie wide receivers speed up, and some of these guys are just stepping in. So same thing. Thinking of it as a portfolio, he's got this basket of high potential rookie wide receivers. Yeah. And there are two of them hit and he's in business. And you know, move on from the guys that, that don't hit and churn churn the wire. So
1: only three running backs and one is Mike Davis.
0: But yeah, I mean we week, week one, that flex and tight end are, are the two weak spots. So TJ Hawkinson coming in at tight end seven and then Mike Davis running back 46. I don't know if that's fully accounting for J.K. Dobbins maybe not playing. His status is kind of up in the air, uh, right. but I, I don't think that fully bakes into the role that we're, we're projecting Mike Davis for week one. Um, and, yeah, if one of these rookie wide receiver hits, you know, Mike Davis is probably a, a one, two-week play. And then get get hopefully one of those young studs in there to, to shore up the flex.
1: Yeah. Well, I play him this week, so I hope all of this good stuff we're prognosticating happens next week.
0: (laughs) We'll, we'll see what happens. And then, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship kicker 17 this week. Maybe he makes a move there, but I mean, Colt's not a terrible offense. And then Buffalo defense 13 this week, but I think there's a lot more buzz on them season long. So probably just roll with them against the Rams and, you know, see, see what happens week two.
1: Right on. Last but least.
0: Yeah. Last and certainly least uh, the (laughs) first first guest of season five of the dad bod pod. We've got commissioner Zach. And, uh, another one of the few that went with the two QB build, um, you know, Matt's got two QBs now and Eric has Dak and Rogers, uh, Mm. Zach went like polar opposites here. He's got 45 year old Tom Brady who could possibly throw for 6,000 yards. That's, that's on the table. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, he's got Trey Lance
1: who could be Tom's son?
0: Could be his son, age wise. Not throwing for four thousand yards, but could run for fifteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. so I I feel like he's he's got every every end of the spectrum covered there, and both intriguing fantasy quarterbacks. Brady, week one, ranked QB eight, Lance, QB twelve. Um, yeah. I think he'll be playing the matchups here, but it'll, it'll be interesting, you know, kind of the situation that Sean was trying to avoid of like not knowing who to play each week and then ending up with Jamar Chase on your bench when he <laughs> put 52 points in the finals. Um, yeah, I, I could see Zach having having to sweat out which, which of those two quarterbacks to play.
1: That's right. Yeah, it could be, yeah, they both could blow up in different ways. The running back game is strong.
0: Running back game is very strong. Comes out, gets Jonathan Taylor right off the bat, um, and then follows it up with Alvin Kamara. So week one, running back one, running back five. That's, That's pretty nice. Of course, there's the potential suspension for Kamara that's just kind of hanging out there. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. I think right now consensus is he doesn't get suspended this year. But you never know, a video drops and all of a sudden he's he's out for six weeks. So right. little little bit of a wild card there. And then DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, uh I think wide receivers we both like, ranked fifth yeah. and twenty-third, and then got Brandon Cooks in the flex at wide receiver twenty. I think he's kind of one of those perpetually underrated guys, but there's so many wide receivers I like this year that um it's hard to start pushing him above twenty on that Houston Texans offense. But pretty pretty solid flex play.
1: No, exactly. And there's some good depth for bye weeks with David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet's a breakout candidate. I kinda wanted him. I wasn't interested in taking two tight ends, but if I had really had to dig deep with like one dollar or something at the end and uh that's solid. I, I think, you know, it's a toss-up between him and Ertz, potentially.
0: Um, yeah. Ertz, Ertz starting right now, tight end nine for that, that first week. Um, but yeah, like the upside of Komet, and, you know, I can kind of see how those guys are looking. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the first six weeks, so maybe Ertz starts hot, and then Komet kind of takes over halfway through the season. But he's got some options there. And then, like you mentioned, good good stuff on the bench, too, at running back and wide receiver to, to give him some options. All right. And kicker, Zach McPherson, number two. Colts defense, number three. Uh, shoring up those, those kind of secondary, tertiary positions.
1: But, it, you know, those can bang every week. You know, can give you 20 points here and there. Um I don't know if we talked about this is jumping back to Matt, but who's he gonna drop uh to uh to get a defense and kicker? I just don't buy into a strategy of not playing those things.
0: Yeah, it isn't unprecedented for him to just leave those positions open. Um but yeah, if I had to guess right now, you know, there there's potential that J K Dobbins is out week one and he can move him to IR and pick up a spot there. That's but cool. I, th- I think it's gotta be Olave and James Robinson right now. Right.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess Rashad Penny is going to probably get a lot of touches, but I'm not too hot on, hot on him, but he could do great. Uh, if he finally has that field to himself and, and, Who is Matt McNichol as a fantasy player, if not a Seattle running back player?
0: Yeah, I I like Penny, the player. Yes. Not sold on that Seattle offense. Geno Smith taking over. The offensive line is not good. The you're gonna be near the bottom of the league in plays run, so the volume's not not necessarily gonna be high. Um but with Kenneth Walker kind of having this big injury going on, maybe Penny just has that backfield to himself, and it's less of a split than people are anticipating. And, you know, Shakir, I'll tell you, his hips don't lie. He's got talent. He can make moves in between tackles. He's got good speed. And if the touchdown variance breaks his way, then, you know, I, I can see the out for Penny. But I agree, he wasn't somebody that... I was super excited about. No, exactly, and
1: that's all we have to say about Zach.
0: That's that's all we have to say about that.
1: Yeah. Well, try host. Your hips don't lie either, as Shakira once said, and uh, it's been a pleasure.
0: It's it's been fun. It is past midnight on the East Coast, where you know I've been spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania recently. I'll be here for for about a week yet uh, before I, I make it back to Mountain Time and hopefully make it to a Broncos game. Maybe you uh, you make it out to Mile High, to, or in Vesco Field, I guess it's called now. But, yeah, always welcome. And, uh, yeah, if the Cowboys ever make it to Arizona, we'd love to come down there and potentially catch a game as well. But not do it for not too big a flight from Denver to Phoenix. So we got to make it happen one way or the other.
1: No, it's cheap and good, and that's just like yeah, an hour and a half drive for me. So we'll toss the pig skin in the parking lot before the game. Say some other words that need to be said.
0: <laughs> there's there's always a few few words that need to be said.
1: That's right. What's the last word that needs to be said though? Uh
0: I don't know. I think I'm just gonna crash. Do do some light reading, reading a book, The Chip. How Two Americans Invented the Microchip and Launched Revolution.
1: Are you kidding? I'm also reading the chip. Wow. What? Yeah, I saw there was only 15 copies left on uh, Amazon, so I scooped it.
0: Only 270 ratings, but they were all high. We're talking like a four and a half, five star book. And Let me tell you, T.R. Reed tells a gripping adventure story of the invention and the growth into a a global information industry. So, you know, you if, time it, somehow. if Seth is reading it, you <laughs> know, it's a good book and maybe we'll have a dad bod book club. Talk about I'm my, on that
1: note, as the league chaplain, I just finished a great memoir called priest daddy. Um, it was, it was laugh out loud funny, but
0: yeah, nothing like the, so, the Yeah. On next four. episode of dad bod book club, we will talk about priest daddy. Wait, what what was it? Priest? Priest Daddy. Priest Daddy. Yeah, I had it. (laughs) So (laughs) tune in next time to hear the, the heartbreaks of week one and a breakdown of chapter one of Priest Daddy.
1: You are all welcome for having filled your time as we wait for Bill's Rams and to learn whether any of this analysis meant anything or if it's all just random.
0: Yeah, the, these takes are not going to age well, but somebody <laughs> has to come out here and spit the fire. So yeah,
1: the only thing we know is that we don't know anything. But um, feel good about your team for one more day.
0: One, one more day. One day more. All right. Before we start saying, you know, Seth, you know, you know how we close close it down here. Why don't you take us out? Well, you're welcome to fall in a well. Fall.